The Mind Aware, 2.30. It's not a hell yes, it's a no. (laughs) Very good, yes. Don't be afraid to make the change. The world will go on. If you're not pissing people off, you're not doing it right. Practice mindful walking. Stay outside of your comfort zone, because that's where the magic happens. How many people we know who get to the top of the ladder and, as Stephen Covey beautifully said, find that it's leaning against the wrong wall? Pause and give this moment my full love and attention. Feedback does not ever tell you anything about yourself. It tells you about the person or the people giving the feedback. Am I being driven by my greed? Am I being driven by my pride or my ego? Hi, this is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show, and welcome. So you know how we always talk about emotions and thinking differently so that you improve your emotions. And we talk about doing things that help you to feel good, keeping your mindset up, keeping your mindset happy, because then you're thinking with your better brain. Well, what about food? What about food? Is there a food mood connection? I mean, when you eat something, does it affect how you feel? Does it affect your brain? Does it affect your decision-making process? Well, we're going to find out right now because I have a guest with us today that you are going to love. I'm here with Sherry Clark. She is a health coach and raw vegan chef, and she's going to talk with us about the food mood connection. Hi, Sherry. Hello. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. So let's start right there. What about the food mood connection? Tell me, do you find that there's a connection? Oh, there's a huge connection, let me tell you. And and starting with the low-hanging fruit, obviously there are people who have food allergies and food sensitivities. When that's in play, part of why you, there, the, there's a food-mood connection is because you eat something that doesn't agree with you, that your body's trying to reject or deal with, and you feel terrible, and thus you act terrible typically. So that would be one of the more obvious ones. But there's absolutely a food-mood connection just in everyday life. There are certain foods that have a lot of great energy and make you feel good and make you feel light and connected. And then there are other things that really pull you down. So is this just about sugar or serotonin or is there something specific that we should be looking for or avoiding when we're looking at foods and reactions to them? It's the same thing, Dana, that it would be for making our bodies feel good. The the very things that typically make the body feel good are the same things that make the mind and spirit and connection with source feel good. So, for example, processed foods. Let's use those as, as an example. They have a great deal of preservatives. They've got all kinds of things in them that really are not suitable for the human body and physiology. When those get into your system, they start making you, you're, you're so busy trying to get to where you feel healthy physically that there's nothing left over for there to be a good mood and have a benevolence about you. So it's really, it's competition. Yeah, it sounds to me like what you're saying, and I remember reading this just a lifetime ago when I first started becoming a foodie, that it's almost like the energy that it takes your body to process stuff that's not close to its natural form, it's that energy that's drawing away from 
your other energy or drawing away from your mood. Is that kind of a, a simple way to put it? Like, I don't know, like an, a layman's terms to put it or something? Yes, and another word that would be good to help people get the concept is the word nourish. If you're nourished and, there, and you have enough hydration, you have enough um, good fats, you have enough of the things that we need to keep our bodies going physically, then you've got those very things that you can pull from that are going to help the brain feel good, the feel-good foods. You know how there's some things that you just eat and you you just say, wow, that that I have energy. A good example would be anything green or juices that are very hydrating, those types of things. Yeah, I know even if I eat a really good apple, I can always feel it after an apple, like, oh, my body really liked that. It was really good, you know. So I totally identify with what you mean. So give me an example. I know you had a really great example of this in action, talking about like a Thanksgiving dinner. Tell us about that. Oh, perfect example. So so let's just say Thanksgiving, you know, everybody sits down at the table and we're eating a lot of things. So remember, there's an emotional connection to, to eating. There always is. Um, many people are emotional eaters. They eat when they're stressed out or they eat when they're celebrating or we eat for a variety of reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with being hungry. We eat because we're, cel- again, we're celebrating. People bring food to funerals, people that are grieving or the bereaved, and we bring a casserole. So there's all these connections. So you sit down at the Thanksgiving table and you're gorging yourself on things that you only eat once a year. And you're not only is, are you eating a lot of bad things, you're eating a quantity that you're not used to. So you've thrown yourself into a tailspin, into a toxic overload. You've got a lot of sugars and all kinds of things going on. And then what, what do we do after dinner? We typically sit around and we watch football or we do whatever it is and nobody feels good. And you lose your patience with hearing the same story over again from Uncle Joe and the kids are starting to get on your nerves and, and it's not because the relatives are getting to you. It's because you're just not equipped because you really have overdone it with all those other things. And basically you have a food hangover. Yeah. Yeah, food hangover is really a perfect way to put it. And what I like about you saying this is obviously the show's called The Mind Aware because one of the key primary assets in our life is the ability to be aware. And so what I like about what you're saying is start making that connection between when you're having a frustrated moment or you're having an argument that it might not be about that person. It might not even be about you. It might be about what you just ate. You know, don't they have a saying, they have a saying here in the States anyway, about the day after Halloween, to go to a classroom the day after Halloween is like the worst day in the world because all the kids are having massive sugar hangovers or they're eating their candy and they're wired, completely wired up from it and spiking. And so I think what you're saying is start becoming more aware that the way you feel in your productivity and all of these things are related to what you're putting in your body. It's the consumables. And, you know, it's it's an easy connection to make if we use alcohol, for an example. Everybody on the earth knows that if you start drinking, your behavior changes. Now, different people's behavior changes in different ways. Your behavior also changes commensurate with how much you consume. So while at the beginning you might be a little bit funnier, a little less inhibited, toward the end, if you're consuming a whole bunch, you may become annoying and obnoxious and uncoordinated and all those things. Think about that same relationship then with caffeine, coffee. Most of us who've been to college and pulled all-nighters have drank the ubiquitous pot of coffee, got the work done, but you had the coffee jangles or the the nerves or you're like, blah, blah, blah. 
the same thing happens perhaps to a lesser extent, perhaps to a less noticeable extent, but it still happens with food. It's the same thing. We're consuming it and it's affecting us. Totally. So that's, so another takeaway from that is it's not just what you eat, it's how much you eat. So you could eat something really, really healthy and really, really good for you, but I'll use salad as an example. I can eat a salad as big as my head, but it doesn't necessarily serve me because at some point or another, I've had too much. I should have stopped half a salad ago, and I just don't feel as good. I'm not as energized. That's a really good point, is that it isn't just the item, it's the quantity, too. I love that. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. I'm talking to Sherry Clark. She is a health coach and raw vegan chef, and she's really motivational. I love her videos. You might even want to pick up, you can get three of her videos, I believe, at this mm-hmm. location. Is this right, Sherry? And newsletter at, how clever is this, Earl? What the fork are you waiting for? dot com. <laughs> I just want to say that over and over again. What the fork are you waiting for? dot com. Head over there and you can actually kind of see Sherry in action. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I'm going to ask her how do we start now? How do we start making a difference in our mood because of our food? We'll be right back. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time, and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all of the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? TrainYourBrainU.com. That's TrainYourBrainU, the letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hi, this is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're having a really interesting chat with Sherry Clark. She is a raw vegan chef and health coach, and you can learn more about her over at whatthefork-are-you-waiting-for.com. Just have to say that one again, don't I? I just want to say that one all day. What the fork are you waiting for? And that is fork, F-O-R-K. <laughs> get on over there to learn more about her and get some videos, which are, it's always cool to be able, to, especially when you're talking about food, to get it on video. We've been talking about the food mood connection and really she's been making some really good points sherry's been saying it's about quantity as well as what you're eating that if you're eating a kago salad that's not necessarily the best thing either so it doesn't matter how good the food is what matters is that balance of good food in the right quantity and about being aware of making that a, a connection between what i'm eating and how i'm feeling how are your foods affecting you because you know what you can have a food hangover just like you can have an alcohol hangover. So we've been really exploring the idea of the food-mood connection. But now what? Now what do we do? And Sherry, what do you think? Like, is the, I guess the first step is probably awareness, right? Um, oh, absolutely. Certainly. Um, just, become, just making note uh, to how you feel after certain things, certain experiences. How does coffee affect you? You might think that a cup makes you feel a little bit energized, but do you also find yourself getting annoyed? Um, maybe you're sweating a lot. Maybe you're a little less friendly uh, in traffic, letting people on the, the freeway or the interstate. So, so that would be an example. 
Um, I would say that would be the very first place to start is to notice how different things that you consume affect you. Yeah, yeah. we actually had the opportunity recently to do an elimination diet, and I'd love to get your input on that. For those of you that don't know what that is, what it is, you eliminate and just eat a certain core amount of foods that are kind of known to be not very allergic type foods. And then you introduce one at a time different foods and you see if you have a reaction to it just by what Sherry's saying here where you're like, okay, I just ate tomatoes for the first time. You know, how did it react with me? What do you, what do you think about elimination diets, Sherry? I think they're great. I think that I think they're they take some regimen and they take some discipline. Um, if people are interested in elimination diets, it's usually for a specific reason. Maybe they have some concern that some a food category is causing them concern. If that's the case, I would urge people to do it in a supervised fashion. You could do it as an experiment on yourself to see. Well, maybe the eating chocolate isn't serving me um, quite as well as I think it is. That might be an easy way. But if you're concerned really about allergies or sensitivities, it would be good to go and get guided by someone who does that for a living. That would just be some advice. That's a good idea. And so what else? Let's say people are exploring this and they're saying, I'd like to do this, but it sounds really hard. Like I'm going to have to give up all the stuff that I love if I do this. What would you say to that person? Well, when I, I'm a health coach and a nutritionist, I'm also a life coach. When I work with people who know they need to make some changes in their diets, I start by adding some things in. I don't take away from the get-go because I don't want to honk people off and have them walk out on me and tell me that they don't want to work with me. So I begin typically with most people by asking them to add juicing to their diets. So I will suggest, for example, start with 24 ounces a day of freshly pressed that you make at home, primarily vegetable but seasoned with some fruit juice. The reason I say that is I don't want to see somebody get a sugar overload. If you did 24 ounces, for example, of freshly squeezed orange juice and didn't dilute it at all, that's a lot of sugar. So don't be thinking along those lines. Thinking along some nice green healthy juices or or some nice juice vegetable blends. If you add 24 ounces of juice a day to your diet, particularly if you do it first thing in the morning, over time, and it doesn't take much time, you'll find other things becoming less desirable to you. I've done that with clients and had them kind of just organically quit coffee without even realizing it. Or they'll start dropping the afternoon snack that they had because they had the 3 o'clock slump. So the first step is to simply add in and add in good concentrated nutrition, probably in the way of juices would be a good place to start. I think that is such good advice. We love our juices here, so I'm all over that. I, it is, and you're absolutely right. It's something that you can add that will create change that you don't even know why you're changing. You just feel better and, and things happen, so I'm with you. Good stuff. Anything else that you can think of that might help people ease into this transition of just starting to realize that they're going to have more energy if they eat better. Any other advice with regards to giving yourself more energy? Absolutely. One of the things that I find people do is they eat too late into the day. So, for example, if you have a big, something big for dinner, and there's nothing wrong with eating big for dinner. That's perfectly fine, although I would love to see people eat their 
midday meal have the, be the largest one, but sometimes that doesn't work with people's schedules or what have you. If you eat too close to bedtime and go to bed, the body, instead of letting you relax and sleep, is busy working on that big meal you just consumed. And rather than you being rested and getting a nice, a good night's sleep, you're, the body's working. And thus, you feel tired in the morning. Um, you're sluggish. The, the, the meal may not be completely digested. Your elimination will be off. So it's really not a great way to start the day. One of the things I'll suggest to people is, first of all, stop eating three hours at least before your bedtime. Not what time you go to bed, what time you'd like to go to bed. Because we want to be in bed by 10, for example, but we really stay up until midnight. So that doesn't mean you can still eat three hours before midnight. So that would be that would be another, I think, a good suggestion, something that people will find some definite results from. I love that suggestion, too, and we're big believers in that as well. And it does. It makes a huge difference for how you get out of bed. You feel lighter when you get up in the morning if you haven't eaten in the night. So thank you so much. This was so good. I, I enjoyed it so much. You know, let me give that, Earl, one more time so that people can connect with you. You can head over to whatthefuckareyouwaitingfor.com to go connect with Sherry Clark. She is not only a health coach and a raw vegan chef. She's a life coach. She's very motivational, as you can see, so I know you'll love that. Thank you so much for being here, Sherry. I so appreciate it. You're so welcome. This was a pleasure. And thank you, everybody, for being here, because you get this, right? You hear what she's saying. This doesn't have to be hard. We want to make it hard, but it doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy, because, you know, this is about extending what we're already doing into a different realm. We're already caring how we feel. We care how we feel. We know that when we feel good, we're going to get better results. We know when we feel good, we're going to be working with a better brain. So wouldn't it make sense that we would want to extend this into our food realm as well? You don't have to go out and become a raw vegan in order to make this happen. You can make small changes. Go out there and just start juicing. Don't even take away anything you're eating. Start juicing. Pay attention that you feel better when you stop eating earlier in the evening. Pay attention to which foods are giving you issues and giving you jitters and causing your blood sugar to spike. Notice it for yourself because when you start making that connection that, hey, guess what? I feel better when I eat this as opposed to when I eat that. You don't even have to work at it. It naturally happens for you because you want to feel good just like I want to feel good. That's what we're doing here. This is about feeling better, getting healthy, having a good life, building our businesses the easy way because we're aware and we're doing the things that are right for us on all fronts. So go ahead and start today and give it a shot. Just start with that awareness and see what happens. And we'll see you next time on The Mind Aware. Well, I don't know if this is the right analogy, but it's like, kind of like being drunk and like you got to get into your house. You know, like, okay, just walk <laughs> up the walkway, you know, one foot in front of the other. Holy free holies, right? Oh, they'll get my smile later. Later they'll think that that crazy lady was smiling at <laughs> You're oh, doing yeah. the dishes and he's playing the banjo. We're talking fresh from your juicer. Each day is a new life we can create. I'm not looking at your smartphone or thinking about your next meeting, but just listening to people. You're aware that we own a monkey. Because we're all about joy here at the Mind Aware, right?